dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. When it comes to leadership, so much has been said and so much can be said, but sometimes it can be a little bit confusing. What exactly is meant by leadership? What is not leadership? What comes first and defines the rest? In the approach we take at the St. John Leadership Network, leadership begins with what we call aspiration. Profoundly put, this means the ability we have to dream. In today's course, we examine where dreams come from and how to recover its power in our lives. Well, good morning, everybody. Glad to be back with you and happy to have this opportunity to teach with you on what it means to be a leader in the footsteps of Christ. And the very first point I want to make about this is that being a disciple of Christ doesn't necessarily make you a leader, okay? It's at the root of leadership, but you have to obey the laws and have an understanding of what leadership is all about if you're going to be effective at being one. You can't, in other words, say, because I have a lot of romantic feelings, I'm good at playing the violin. <laughs> now, you could be a natural musician, have a lot of ten, you know, of natural gifts and ability towards music and understanding music, but to get an excellent position on the violin, you have to practice and practice and practice, and your fingers have to play on the strings in just the right way. Well, it's the very same thing when it comes to leadership. There's a lot of natural born leadership, a lot of natural born ability that lends one towards leadership, but leadership has a structure. And by understanding the structure, you're going to be able to become a better one. You're going to be able to lean into that structure more effectively. You're going to be able to maximize the gifts that you have. You wouldn't be here today if you weren't already leading somewhere. Okay, so that's great. But the question is, how do I lead better? How do I improve my ability to influence and impact the world in an intentional way to help the world to lift itself up? Right? That's why we're all here. And that's in, at, if be it that at home, be that with your spouse, be that with your kids, be, or be it at the workplace when you've got management issues and you've got ownership questions, and you, you know, senior executive at a company or you're trying to start your own restaurant, whatever it might be, you wouldn't be here unless you already had some natural talent. Well, the question is, how do I then hone that natural talent and ability to be as impactful in the way that I want it to be and to minimize the, the, the negative aspects that can come from that very same strength? It's an amazing truth that our strengths cause our weaknesses and that our weaknesses can become our biggest strengths. It's really, it's really amazing. And I think it's refreshing also because more often than not, we're told that if we have strengths, we should try to hide them because we don't want to make other people feel bad. And then if we have weaknesses, that that's a sign that we're a failure. And in fact, the two are, are, are two sides of the same coin called your leadership. And we need to know how to build upon our, our, our strengths 
and then how to leverage our weaknesses to become even stronger. And if we're not aware that our strengths are also going to have a negative impact on other people, well, then we're going to push them too strongly. And if we're not aware that our weaknesses can become strengths, well, we're not going to pay enough attention to them. We're going to, to ignore them. And that can lead a natural born leader into a situation where they're actually ineffectual. I think you can have natural born leadership even for most levels, but when you really have to deliver something of quality and everyone is depending on you, it, something more is needed than natural born leadership. And that something more is the awareness that comes with time, with study, and with the type of work that you're putting into your leadership to know how to, to round the corners as well as you can. And, and so that's where understanding the structure of leadership comes in. Remember the four questions that every leader has to ask. Number one, what do I want? Okay, so not asking that question is the surest way to not get what you want, right? But you have to start by saying, what do I want? Can I define what I want? Number two, how will I get there? Right? That's a huge uh, ability to plan, to look at things strategically. Number three, how do I accomplish it now that I've started? Right? It's a whole different skill set. One thing is to plan, and another thing is to carry it through into action. And then number four, how do we get other people to be on board with me? Right? These four questions really encompass the whole sphere of the act of leadership. And these four questions really flow right in line with what St. Thomas Aquinas and other great teachers of the Catholic Church have always taught about the nature of human action. Human action begins with the formulation of an intention and it ends with the sharing of your joy. All right, so this, this motion coming from your, your intention to action into a sharing of what you do and the gift of your spirit, so to speak, with other people in collaboration and, and in teamwork, that journey it encompasses all the different spheres that you're going to hear about in disparate ways from different people who do leadership training. And I, that's where I really want us to focus in on the most important of all those questions, which is the beginning one. How do I know what I want? What do I want to do? Isn't it amazing how many people struggle with that, especially the younger ones? We've invested all of this money in their college educations, for example. You come out, you know, $320,000 in debt from college, and you ask the young person what they want to do, and the answer is, I don't know, right? And then why are you asking me this question? And we kind of muddle our way through life. It's a very similar situation when, when uh, parents are in a house, and they've got kids, and they've got things going, but they don't have a direction for what they want to accomplish with their family, or if you're in a relationship and, you know, you don't really have a sense of how to deepen it. it. The easiest way not to get somewhere is to not know where you're going to begin with. And that's why it's so important to, to hone our ability to, to focus our strength in on being able to say, this is something that I want. I actually think it's a lot of the training and education of a child or a young person goes into forming that ability. If I, can, if I can have a young person know what they want and tell me what they want, my goodness, that, that young person, there's almost no limit to what they can do, right? There'll be limits that come from the outside. There might be choices that they have to make, but you can almost sense when you're talking with a young person who has that ability 
the, the kind of power that they possess, right? Because they have a spirit in them that's bigger than the spirit that's in the world. It's almost like what someone said one time, 80% of success comes from just showing up, right? 80% of success comes from just showing up. If you just show up, you're 80% there on your way to making it, right? And so, but what keeps people back from showing up? What holds them? Well, there's a, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if I really want to be here. What is this job for anyway? You know, what was my new role? I'm not sure. And if you're not sure about showing up, well, you won't be able to bring anything of the goodness inside of you to make the impact on the world outside of you. That's why this first question is so critical. What do you want? Now, in, 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 in our training here at the Leadership Network, we call the ability to answer that question aspire, right? Aspire, aspiration. We call it that ability that you have to name a desire. And I want to teach you more about that because if, the, if you can start to name your desires and put them up in front of you, your desires become choices and your choices become actions and your action becomes influence, right? So you need to be able to, to heal and develop this ability to, to express your desires, to have true aspiration. Remember this, an aspirational leader will become an inspirational one. And that's a big goal for all of us who are Christians. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. So if all leadership is about influence and all influence comes from human actions, well, human actions, where do they come from? And this is where St. Thomas Aquinas has just done a masterful job of laying out for us the structure of the human act. And, and by, what I mean by that is he lays out for us, here's how you can understand everything that you're doing. Okay, everything that you do, if you do it intentionally, volitionally, you know, clearly, it's going to flow in a pattern that has four different steps to it, right? And the very beginning of everything is your ability to say what you want, what you desire, right? Aquinas calls this the formulation of an intention, right? And he says the sign of an intention, of an intention of an action, right? That I intend to do an act is that you're able to put a priority amongst all the good things that you want to achieve. That there's something that stands out that says, this is worth moving towards, right? And this is, I think is important because a lot of people have a difficult time with inspirational speeches or aspirational kind of talks because they say, all that's just kind of dreamers. Those aren't people that are realistic, you know? And I just, I smile at it because I think to myself like, really? I mean, if you're gonna go from point A to point B, and you need to move from any point A to any point B, the most important person on your team is the one who can tell you where point B is, okay? It's like, it's, it, if you can't know what that you need to move to a next step and where that next step that you need to move to is, you're never gonna move. And so we've got a whole bunch of people in the world who are just real content with status quo, staying where they are, and then they wanna point fingers and say that the dreamers out there, you know, aren't they funny? Well, dreamers might not always have their dreams come to fruition, but without a dreamer, you have no vision. And that ability to cast a vision, have a vision, is at the foundation of a plan. 
We live in a world of engineers uh, today in many ways instead of poets. And poets can get a pretty bad rap from the engineers. And I remember one engineer talking to a poetic spirit and saying, people like us make sure that people like you don't fail. And I just, you know, kind of want to smile because he's right, right? I mean, we're, we're, how great it is to have planners and strategic thinking and thought and, and, and all of that. That's going to be in the second stage of what we develop, you know. But in the very first stage, like if you don't have a, a plan to criticize or a plan of where you even, what you even want to achieve, well, then you won't be able to build anything with it. So it does no good. It's like the two sides fighting each other, the poets and the engineers. They both need each other. The engineer makes sure that the poet doesn't fail and the poet makes sure that the engineer has something to do, <laughs> okay? And so here we're focusing on that very first aspect because be it more of a poet or more of an engineer or more of an executor or more of an influencer, whoever you are out there, if you're gonna lead any, anything, you've got to be in touch with the reason why this deep motivation that pushes the whole rest of the activity forward. If you're going into school to teach today and you don't know why you're there, you're not going to teach as well. And if you lose touch with that why and you're a nurse and you're there in the hospital floor every single day, you're going to burn out. It's one of the quickest professions to burn out from. Why? Because it, 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 it's so easy to lose, lose touch with your why. Doctors who have to see patients in 12 minutes or else the insurance company begins to penalize them, right? They say, why am I even here? It's just like I move through, I give the pres prescriptions, I don't even do what I want to do. Or mechanics, you used to be able to rebuild your engines, you used to be able to refix your, and, and mess with your cars. It was a fascinating field. And now you're just a part changer. You realize this part is out. Instead of fixing it, you just get a new part. Well, it, can, it loses its luster pretty quickly. And you could say, I don't know what impact I'm really making in this world. That's a very dangerous situation to find yourself in. From parents to spouses to people in, at your jobs, the reason, when we are in touch with our reason why, we find satisfaction in what we do. It's almost like the human being was, was programmed to, to develop and to grow from their why, their purpose, understanding what, what, what deeper dream they're living, uh, connecting, in other words, what we do every day with a trajectory of our, the rest of our life. I mean, if you look at it, look at it this way. If you take out the eight hours of sleep that you get per day and you spend 10 hours at work, you've now spent over one half of your waking hours during the work week at work. Okay, so 10 plus 18 leaves you with six hours to go. Six hours with your family, six hours to yourself, 10 hours to work, eight hours to sleep. And that's how your days flow. That's over one half of your time is gonna be spent at work. If you don't connect what you do at work with your heart and with your identity, over one half of your life is gonna be taken from you all for the sake of, of, of a few dollars. Where it, but that's, you're more than a few dollars. Jesus doesn't want you just to work in order to make money. He wants you to work in order for you to develop who you are and to glorify him as you lift up a broken world. That's an incredible vision. And it's, and it's the vision that you can grasp when you align 
who you are and what you do. And a big part of that alignment, the first step in it is for you to be able to identify deep inside, this is what I want out of life. This is what I want out of my job. This is what I want to achieve every single day. If I'm a teacher, if I'm a nurse, my want, my desire is going to bring me to satisfaction. And isn't it beautiful? I mean, isn't it beautiful to think that God wants you to want things, right? And isn't it something when you look around at our world today and our our modern culture and how young people live in it, that our culture seems to not encourage that. We, we, we tell our kids, basically, this is what your life will be. And if you do the, jump through these hoops and you don't say this and you do say this, then you can be approved, right? And instead of us making impact with our life, we seek approval from others all the time. If I'm approved, then I'm comfortable. And if I'm comfortable, I have everything. No, no, I have a different way of living. The Christian way of living is not that if you're approved by others, then you have comfort. And if you have comfort, then you have everything. That's not a Christian way of speaking. Christianity begins in a free heart that is on fire with love, a desire for something that you do not yet possess, but that oh, it defines your life. I'm not defined, in other words, by the approval people give me. I'm defined by the good that I strive to attain, the goodness and the excellence that draws me to give the best of myself in a creative and a new way that can never be repeated. It's amazing because it means that the Christian ethos is at the source of innovation and culture. It makes our culture young because what we say to every human being is that every single one of you has a gift that's irreplaceable and irrepeatable called your identity. And that when you strive for the good and lay hold of the good, your identity shines forth in a new gift to this world. That's why it always keeps it young. It always keeps it clean. Because every human being giving the best of that, who they are in love purifies the atmosphere and the culture around them by the gift of themselves. And, and, and that... How do you get that? How do you get that where people are alive and shining and and giving the best of themselves and, and showing the uniqueness of their spirit? You get that by allowing each one of them to say that they want something, that they desire to be something more than what they are, that they have a dream and a goal and a why and a purpose. And that Uh, that almost unlocks, so to speak, the spirit. It unshackles us and lets us fly free. Are you a young adult between the ages of 23 and 35 and wondering what God is calling you to do next? Do you have a desire or vision that you just can't seem to complete? Then come to the Rise Above Retreat, October 30th through November 5th in Denver. For more information, visit www.daregreatthings.org slash rise above. You know, at, at the St. John Leadership Network, we do a lot of research into the history of great leadership. And we try to understand what made these great leaders who they were and how Jesus Christ impacts that and how faith in Jesus can help you to develop to be those great leaders. 
And one thing that is, is really a salient feature about, oh, I would say, every impactful leader is this ability they have inside to reach for something greater than themselves, okay? In other words, you can have a lot of power. You can have a lot of influence in a negative way. You can move the sand around the sandbox in magnificent fashions. But to be a leader of the spirit, you, 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 there's, there's a quality of aspiration, which is more than just saying what you want. Okay, so like, yes, saying, saying what you want is at the source of every form of leadership, be it a good one or a bad one or moving the sand around the sandbox. But an inspirational leader of the spirit, the, the greatest leaders who have shaped the culture in the most profound ways are people who have had the audacity, the daring to look outside of the box and to say, we can be better. I mean, from Nelson Mandela in his prison cell to Schultz and Eitzen, uh, writing as, as he himself of his experience in prisons to Jackie Robinson and the victory writers and the civil rights leaders in America's history. You, if, you can go through a whole list. I mean, George Washington and his passion for our country, Christopher Columbus and how his vision uh, for the new world actually would, would lift up the old. The key to shaping a culture, be it the culture at your work, the culture in your family, the culture of our world, lies in your ability to be in touch with what transcends it. You can't make something grow unless there's a room for it to grow. And the dreamer, the aspirational, inspirational leader the person who has a, 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 a fire inside of them seems to see the invisible and to see where we're going in, in a way that's captivating and that drives everything that's inside of him to push us towards that. I mean, when Elon Musk says we're going to populate Mars, I mean, it just is a crazy thought. We say there's no way we could do it. Well, we said, well, we couldn't get to the moon either. And there are still people that denied that we even did it. And before that, they said that we couldn't, you know, settle the new world. And before that, they said, well, I mean, they've been, the history is a series of people saying what other people can't do and leaders proving the critics wrong. It's just, it, and and where, what side of history are you going to be on? It's for sure that you'll find a lot of people to approve you and you'll have a lot of excuses for your inaction if you just wipe out your ability to aspire. But when Jesus told the 12 apostles to go to the ends of the earth and to baptize all nations, making them his disciples, it took a lot of power of dream and aspiration for them to be able to do that. I mean, think about it. What if they were to say to Jesus, Jesus, that's just impossible. There's no way, you know? As Simon Peter were to say to Jesus, there's no way I'm going to die for you. I mean, I, I apostatized three times and denied you three times, right? Like, well, he never would have been a saint. But instead, Jesus, he allowed the vision of Jesus to expand all the, of the boxes of his mind. I mean, the, God is really good at breaking down boxes. For example, he decides that a virgin can become a mother. I mean, that's amazing. And not just any mother, but the mother of God himself. Or that God could die, die on a cross, 
and then rise again of his own power. I mean, it's a pretty creative thing here. God is asking us to have that same vision, to, to not be content with the way the world is, but to believe instead that every single one of you has was a mission from God that's as unique as your name and that that mission is unrepeatable and has never been done before and that God in heaven is looking down upon you to call you to give that very special gift that the world has never seen before. And that comes when you say, I want this. I want to give my life, my heart, my soul in this very special way. That, that, that ability to aspire is at the foundation of all of the plans and the choices that you can make about how you're going to give that gift. And it's going to be the secret that gives you strength to persevere through the many obstacles that are going to come your way and the curveballs and the, the opinions and the challenges that you face when you actually try to do it. And it's going to be the secret of the smile that allows you to leave a legacy in the hearts of others. It's, a, it's that deep down inside, I know that my life flows from love and I'm able to identify my love and I've named my love. What a power and what a privilege that as a Christian, God gives us that, that privilege to be in love and to love what we do and to give ourselves through it. Right? And when you get in touch with somebody who's doing what they do because they love it, you get in touch with someone who shapes the culture of what they do by the love with which they do it. And, and that's what God wants you to be. Not just a leader who's leading because they have a position of power. Not a leader who's leading because other people think that they should. Not a leader who's trying to gain their self-advantage by doing what they're doing. No, a leader who's deeply moved by the impact that they can make through their leadership. The, the, the power that I can bring to the companies that I'm in, the clients that I'm serving, the, the people that, whose lives I'm impacting, and the example that I'm giving to my children, to my spouse, and to my friends of a life worth living. This aspiration is deeply moving. It's moving for everyone around you. And it's the source of being truly inspiring. When I lay hold, in other words, of my love, I lay hold of true leadership. And that's what aspiration and that ability is. I, I have a dream. I see where we're going. And I want you to come there with me. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.